0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Please be seated. Who is the greatest? The goat. I had to figure out what that all meant, but now I know it. Who is the greatest football player, the greatest basketball player? Who is the greatest actor? Who is the greatest musician? A couple of weeks ago, I asked, On social media, if anybody knew a great mechanic, I got a variety of answers. Well, this week I found the best mechanic. I have his number. He might actually be here today, too. Who is the greatest? Even in the Bible we talk about this. When you look at all the lives of the biblical people, is it Abraham? Is it Moses? Is it Isaac? Is it Peter, James, and John? Really? If you look at the lives of these people, they're not so great. They had their doubts, they had their fears, they had their major slip-ups, and yet we have all sorts of Sunday school materials and coloring pictures about them and primarily what they did faithfully. But they're very real people just like you and me, full of all the problems and questions and messes of life. Jesus responds today about who is the greatest. I tell you the truth, there is no one greater born of women than that of John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not exactly who you would consider to be great. He wore camel skin. He ate locusts and wild honey, lived out in the desert. This isn't exactly jolly old Saint Nick. It's not exactly some sort of figure that you would figure to hear about during Christmas. Why John the Baptist? Why not all of these other people that we heard about? Why not even the people today that we think about? Think about what Jesus says. There is no one greater born of women than John the Baptist. From Adam to the very last person who lives, Jesus says there's no one greater Well, what about my favorite political hero? What about the people who did so much for humanity and gave so much? Jesus says, nope, no one greater than John the Baptist. He doesn't seem like the great role model of greatness, but yet Jesus' kingdom and how Jesus talks is not like you and me, and he does not speak about greatness like you and me. His kingdom is always the reverse. It's always upside down compared to what I think and you think. Among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. But here's the thing, John the Baptist had problems. His parents were really old. They probably died when he was very young. He was living in the desert, as we just heard about, eating strange things. He wasn't exactly received by everybody. He doesn't seem like somebody that we would want to model our kids after. But here's the thing. Being a Christian isn't necessarily about how good you are in terms of this faith. Being a Christian is not about how much you know about the Bible and how much you can quote about it. Being a Christian is not how much a great prayer you are or a great giver or a great servant here in the church. John the Baptist gives us the greatest thing to ever realize in the light of Jesus. I must decrease, he says. Jesus must increase. John the Baptist, as our greatest of all women, born of women, decreases, but he doesn't step out of the way and say, go ahead, Jesus, take it on. He introduces the world to Jesus. He says, hey, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Messiah, the one who is your Savior to take care of all of your sin and your problem of death. But John the Baptist is the one who gets out of the way and decreases by going to jail. John the Baptist called out King Herod for his infidelities, for his adulterous ways. John the Baptist was bold enough to say, you're not living according to what God has established. You're not looking at things according to what God Has given. He speaks against the king. We don't think this way today. You may not like the president or the governor or the Congress or whatever else. You might sit there and say all sorts of strange things, but yet you don't have the FBI or CIA show up at your door because you don't like some sort of legislation. That's not the case with John the Baptist. He calls John the Baptist, or excuse me, he calls King Herod an adulterer, calls him out for what it is that he has done, and John ends up in the slammer. And so, the greatest born amongst women is in prison. How do you suppose he felt? I'm Jesus' cousin. I'm six months older than the very Son of God. I'm the one who came along and introduced the world to Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And now I'm here in prison and everything will be just fine and it's all good. I have faith and things will work out in the end. Jesus will show up. He'll blow up the wall on the side of the prison. He'll spring me out and I'll be free from the tyranny of Herod. No. This is not how the Christian faith works. The one who is the greatest amongst women is rotting in prison. And I will guarantee you he had his doubts. He was scared to death. He had his fears and anxieties. What's going to happen tomorrow? What am I going to do? Where in the world is Jesus who would say in the gospel, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was in prison, you visited me. But why isn't Jesus showing up to John? So John sends his own disciples to Jesus. And John has a very pointed question. Hey, Are you the one to come, or shall we look for another? He's actually questioning Jesus. Uh Uh-oh. That doesn't seem like a role model. That doesn't seem like somebody who's very faithful. That doesn't seem like somebody that we want to model ourselves after. John the Baptist is actually questioning what God is doing in his midst. You ever done that? oh no, pastor, we're all good. We know he's in charge. He's got the whole world in his hands and me as well. I don't think so. I'm standing up here today and I question God all the time. And I'm sure you do as well. But remember who God is. He is your father and you are his children. You don't look at your children who come in and question you and say how dare you ask me a question get out of here I have nothing to do with you because you might actually doubt me just listen and obey and trust everything I say that doesn't work does it you didn't do that as children and your children and grandchildren don't do this today there is the questioning of God the greatest born amongst women is questioning God And I would say that the worst kind of church is a church that does not allow questions. Questions of the scriptures, questions of God. I mean, do you really want to believe in a God who might be sitting in the sky saying, you can never ask me questions. I know that you are created in my image and likeness. I know that you are the greatest thing that I've ever created but you can't ask me any kind of questions. You can't talk to me about your doubts, your fears, your anxieties, or maybe just maybe those things that make you look at me and say, are you the one or should we look for another? I say today, ask the questions. Be bold about them. Be bold in what God gives you called prayer prayer is nothing more than speaking to your father what is going on what are you doing why is my life this way find things to ask if you don't have them no questions no questioning of anything means that you're not really thinking about what god is doing And I would dare say in your life, as it is with mine, you have questions. Because you've got problems. You've got fears. You've got frustration. There is depression. There is sadness at the death of loved ones. There is loneliness. There is the feeling of being isolated. There is the idea of sickness. Burdens of your family members. Questions about where you're going to find maybe your money or finances. Struggles with things that you've done in the past. Regrets. Fear. Ask the questions. Did you really forgive me, God? Do you really love me, God? Are you the one or should we look for another? How? Why? Who? What? How do I get out of this? But in the same sense, be careful what you're asking for. Are you looking for immediate answers? Pastor, why is my health so bad? Well, just trust in God, pray to him, and you will be healed. I'm not one of those pastors, sorry. Pastor, why is it that I can't seem to get ahead financially? Well, just trust in God enough, have enough faith, and your wallet will explode with cash. What is it that you're asking for, and who is it that you're looking answers for? Is it those that you find to be great in this life, the motivational teachers, the politicians, the physicians? Think about this. What were you really worried about four years ago? What were you really worried about eight months, six days, and three days ago? They come and they go. Everything is about context. And we can beg and plead for the old days when we worried about something less stressful, when things seemed to be better and the world didn't seem to be so chaotic. But God has placed you here and now and in this place and in this time for His will and purpose. Ask the questions. Keep asking the questions. Pray and keep on praying. He is not a magic genie that if you show up, He'll give you whatever you desire. He is not somebody that as soon as you pray, blah, there is the answer. Okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. Keep asking. You're a child. Have you ever had a child ask you the same question three dozen times in a row? If you haven't, I want to meet them. Keep asking. Jesus puts it this way, listen to this parable. He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. He said, there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and had no regard for man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for for me from my adversary. And the judge would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God or regard man, yet because this widow is persistent and troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual, persistent coming to me, she wears me out. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall god not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him even though god bears long with them i tell you that he will avenge them speedily nevertheless when the son of man comes will he really find faith on earth what is jesus saying there keep asking squeaky wheel gets the oil keep asking over and over again Even the one who does not believe in God in this parable, he says, even he listened to this widow who kept pestering and asking him, are you the one or should we look for another? John asks this question just like you and me, but he also came to prepare the way of your Messiah. Even as he's plagued by sin and doubt and rotting in prison, Through his own questioning of God, John reveals that Jesus is the coming one who save us from our sins, our death, and the devil. And Jesus answers that question to John. Go back and tell John, the blind have sight, the lame are walking, the deaf hear, the lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. All is cured, all is cleansed, and raised to life again. Signs of an even greater deliverance given to the people of the world. All coming because Jesus has risen from the dead. He is risen indeed, all right. Maybe she's the greatest, I don't know. (laughs) We like it people healed people walking that couldn't the blind are seeing the deaf are hearing the dead are raised great things but do you notice what jesus ends with the poor have good news preached to them blessed are those who are poor in spirit They will hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's not filling the wallet. It's not taking care of the cancer. It's not taking care of all the fears and struggles. But Jesus has once again come today to tell you, you have the gospel preached to you. I forgive you all of your sins. And where there is forgiveness, there too is life and salvation. You have the good news preached to you. And because of that, you are so overwhelmingly rich. Isaiah said it today in chapter 40. I will repay her, you, double for their sins. That's not double lightning bolts to strike you down. It is grace upon grace upon grace, love upon love upon love, mercy upon mercy upon mercy, forgiveness upon forgiveness upon forgiveness, no matter how far you have strayed, no matter what you've done, no matter what your regrets or your fears or questions are, because Christ is your Lord, and by him there is life for you life eternal, life that starts even now because Christ has come for you. You were made his own dear child in your baptism. You were once again declared forgiven today. And as far as the heights are or the lowest parts in this world and in this life, we cannot comprehend that. As far as the east is from the west, God no longer remembers those things that you have regrets about. Your sins are cast in the depth of the sea to no longer be remembered. And he gives you himself today in his body and his blood. Where in the world are you? Are you the one? Should we look for another? And Jesus says, I am right here. Giving myself, feeding you with myself for you. Be cleansed. Be forgiven. Be raised to new life. Don't be limited by the things of this world. Because I tell you the truth, there is no one greater born amongst women than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Well, what does that mean? The least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist? Who's the least? Not you. Not me. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus took on sin. He who knew no sin became sin. Jesus took on our pain, our suffering, our regrets, our shame, our fears, our anxieties. And guess what else he did? He questioned his father. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He can relate to you in every way, shape, and form, even dying, yet without sin. God is at work today by pointing you to Jesus, who is the least, the last, and the loser of this life, so that you might now be declared the greatest in his sight. You are his beloved child You are elevated because Jesus became the least in the kingdom of heaven. And yes, because of that, he is now the greatest. But the greatest in the kingdom of heaven kneels down before you to serve you with himself. Because through his blood, you are now greatest in his sight. Are you the one or should we look for another? Keep asking the questions, but these are good questions to ask, especially in this Christmas season. These last days, what's happening? Remember this time of year is about repentance, fasting, and about praying. But yet today is the pink candle which is all about rejoicing. Rejoicing because John, even though he lost his life in prison, is now seated before the Lamb in his, his kingdom, which has no end. You will see John face to face as you look at the Lamb of God face to face in heaven. So rejoice. He came for John. He comes for you today, and he's coming again, in glory for he is always coming he is always working for you so that your joy might be complete in him and that in his sight you are the greatest To christ alone be the glory forever and ever amen